Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. It is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. The only place in town where you're going to get Vikings, NFL, and football talk five days a week in addition to 1500 and scorenorth.com. We are streaming live at Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, all at SKOR North. If you want to get in on the action, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. I'm Rami Makloff. I got Manny Hill on the other side of the glass and uh, plenty to get into when it comes to your Minnesota Vikings with the combine just uh, in our rear view and NFL free agency just on the horizon and joining us now to talk about some of the decisions the Vikings will have to make based on all that from ESPN.com. And you hear her on this fine show every Tuesday along with Matthew Collar. It's a pleasure to welcome in Courtney Cronin. Courtney, thanks for a few minutes. How are you this afternoon? I'm good, Rami. How are you? Doing well. It's my first chance I've had to uh, talk to you. We've met just in passing as we're switching over from show to show, and uh, you guys are making your way out of the studio. So good to actually uh, get to talk some Vikings with you yeah, this about afternoon. Yeah, time, right? Um, I, I, I know it's, it's hard for us to sometimes tell what exactly teams can take out of the combine because it's just weird, mysterious things of guys in their underwear running weird drills, getting measured, getting medicals. What, what can you, in, in what you do for a living, come? covering the Vikings and the NFL take out of out of the week that is the NFL combine? Well, outside of, you know, all the prospect interviews, you know, you hear, okay, who is meeting with uh, what team and, and how the process goes with the workouts, you know, that's where all the rumors start in free agency. And I think, you know, this is my second combine, second, you know, time covering it for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously last year you're going trying to figure out what they're doing with their quarterback situation. And it was, you know, incredibly beneficial uh, to be in Indianapolis in the 2018 offseason, just to, you know, hear with who they were meeting with, whose agents they were meeting with. And obviously the Kirk Cousins uh, talk really spiked there. And you were hearing about, the you know, the Jets and the Vikings and you know, Arizona and Denver being in play, but really those first two teams. Um, so it's good for rumors. This year's a little different. The Vikings are kind of quiet, which is, I mean, for a reporter, it's kind of nice because you're not mm-hmm. chasing Antonio Brown uh, trade rumors. But... <laughs> You know, this year, there's not a whole ton that you can really take away, like, in specific about Anthony Barr, Sheldon Richardson, you know, both Rick, uh, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, you know, mentioned, it. yeah, they want to keep everybody, but it's going to come down to what the market commands for those kind of guys, and I think it's really what you're not hearing, and that's not 
And what that is is not a lot of buzz about Anthony Barr uh, and the franchise tag and the thing to keep him. So, I mean, the franchise tag window closes tomorrow at 4 Eastern. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, I don't. I think they're going to be moving on. And uh, the, the silence is really given a clear indicator of that, that, you know, they're not, they know they're not going to be able to afford Barr. They, they probably feel they can draft his replacement or even find his replacement among the linebackers in free agency. Um, so it's, he's kind of going to be the first domino to fall for the Vikings with free agency, in my opinion, and then, you know, set into motion what's going to happen next with Sheldon Richardson, potentially Everson Griffin, Kyle Rudolph, uh, guys who, you know, are a big reason why the Vikings are up against the cap and potentially some restructuring in there. I assure you, Courtney, that uh, if if Collar's flight didn't get canceled and he made it to Indy, he would have sniffed out any Antonio Brown to the Vikings rumors. That that would if even if there's nothing to it, Collar would have found something along those lines. But let's get oh, into. Oh yeah, he probably would have perpetuated it and come up with some of his own. <laughs> yeah, he would have just made some stuff up because he's not a responsible journalist. Uh, Courtney, uh, let let's get into free agency and some of that stuff that you started to touch on there. So you think the Anthony Barr thing? That's a done deal. He'll be moving on and leaving the the Minnesota Vikings this offseason. I don't think that's a surprise to many given the the cap situation and and the price tag that's been attached to him but it's it's all but a a done deal with Anthony Barr now at this point it sounds like right yeah it feels like it and and it's not it wouldn't be surprising at all because this is a team if you if you just look at the history of this team since since the franchise tag was you know added as part of the CBA they haven't used it that much it was 2011 the last time when they tagged Chad Greenway worked out a long-term deal before the start of the season um, so history shows they're probably not going to use it. And, and the fact is, Anthony Barr can go command. I mean, he's, he's a player. He's 26 years old. He wants to go make his money. He wants to go. It's, it's honestly, I think, the best case for both parties involved to part ways mutually. If Anthony wants to go be a 3-4 rushing linebacker who you know has more of that responsibility and not just a situational pass rusher, he can go be that in another defense. And I think that he can whatever he wants, and that, you know, 13 to $15 million, he's not going to get that. I do think that as a foundational piece in Mike Zimmer's defense, they will experience some transition. But, you know, if you want to use that first-round pick on someone like Devin White, I know that's something Collar and I have talked about, I don't think it's that far out of the possibility that they go early on defense uh, and don't address, address the offensive line just because they feel they need to fill that void of Anthony Barr not being there by using number 18 on a linebacker. Courtney, what's your sense on how much they view, you know, how much they value upgrading on the offensive line versus, you know, trying to implement the Gary Kubiak, you know, zone run blocking scheme with, you know, with with the linemen that they that they have. What's your sense on how much they value really upgrading the offensive line um, early in, as early in the draft as possible? Well, they both, they both talked about it. Spielman and Zimmer talked about just, you know, the perception that this team didn't address it and, and that they failed at it, essentially. And I think that Zim had some, you know, fun, subtle shots kind of at us and, and everybody else that, you know, they just didn't, the options that they wanted at 30 weren't there last year. But they do realize that it has to happen this year. And I think what Spielman said is that, of course, they're going to address all positions uh, in the draft and free agency. But that scheme and, and the scheme that you were going to implement with Gary Kubiak, like you mentioned, Manny, with you know, everybody thinks of him and they think about, you know, zone blocking. I mean, it's not just going to be that. They're going to run some power. 
Um, there's there's going to be a lot of different things that are incorporated in that, but they're an athletic team. They want to be an athletic outside zone scheme where you have linemen who can get to the second level. And I think a lot of that's going to be on the coaching. That's going to be on Rick Dennison, and the, who's you know coordinating the run game too. That's going to be on Gary Kubiak to work with Kevin Stefanski to implement that with the linemen that they already have and the linemen that they're you know certainly going to get in the draft. There's no doubt in my mind they will draft offensive linemen or if they do decide they want to free up some cap space here before uh you know contracts start getting guaranteed on the third day of the league year they can do that too but um you know i do think that the offensive line i mean it's they they know that they have to upgrade the play especially on the interior and that's not necessarily with anybody you have on the roster right now i mean nick easton's a free agent i'd be looking in the you know the coming days for them to you know cement him for, you know, another another deal. I mean, he, he's coming off the injury, but in hearing from Mike Zimmer, who said that he is cleared physically, we didn't really get too much of a update on just where physically he stands, but he did say he's, you know, getting ready and he's good to go. Um, I think that's a player that they most certainly want to bring back, and by any indication, uh, you know, he should be ready to go, and the neck injury should not be a problem. Talking with Courtney Cronin of ESPN.com here on Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. And you talked there about some of the, the improved performance that they expect from this team based on the, the coaches that they've brought in, Kubiak, Stefanski, Dennison, and the, the schemes and, and the offensive game plan that they, they plan to run, Courtney. And it seems like that's, that's the primary way that they expect to get more juice squeezed out of, out of Kirk Cousins. Is there, is there a track record to indicate that what they're saying about a quarterback in his second year and, and working in a, a system he's more familiar with really getting a little bit more out of that guy? Or is this, is this just something that they're, they're trying to sell to, to Vikings fans and us in the media, Courtney? That's a great question, because when Mike Zimmer said that, he mentioned guys like Captain Munnerlin, um, Linville Joseph. I think there was somebody else that he threw in there. The UFAs that, you know, promote, performed dramatically better, uh, allegedly, in their second year. I'm pretty sure Linville Joseph was pretty darn good. He came into, you know, when he came from the Giants after winning a Super Bowl, um, you know, in that second year with the Vikings, he, you know, he was good in his first year. Um, I didn't cover Captain Munnerlin, but I obviously know the situation. I'm, you know, he was, you know, a, a big part of that defensive backfield. But with quarterbacks, um, you know, the, the track record that they have, I'm not really sure uh, it'll translate. I mean, you, you can you can think of big name free agent quarterbacks that came in, like a Drew Brees, you know, a guy who you know was very much the last one. Him and Peyton Manning, the last franchise quarterback types that became free agents and went to their, you know, from one team to another. Five, from, Correct. I think Drew was pretty good that first year with the Saints, and then won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, a couple years later. So I don't really know if if that's if you have any sort of scientific proof that can tell you Kirk is going to be better in year two. I mean, there's certain things you can take away. The obvious stuff of okay, if, you, if you're in a system long enough, uh, you'll probably understand it better, or at least you know be able to perform better within the limitations and within the restrictions of what you do have. But to, to automatically, you know, both of them throughout, you know, just of course, you're going to say you expect him to be better. I mean, you signed him for all that money. You, you you're not going to say, publicly say, "Yeah, we we think he's going to struggle." Like, and you're not going to try to, you're not going to not try to improve everything around him, which is not just players and, and pieces on offense. It's, it's the scheme. It's coaching. So they think they're they think they have stuff in place to that you know to help him. Stuff they built around Kirk Cousins in year two, but 
there's no blanket statement that would prove true, in my opinion, that shows you, okay, across the board, UFAs all improve better, because I think each one's different. Courtney, we, we talked about last week, Rami and I brought up uh, the running back position with the Vikings last week, and we talked about Dalvin Cook and, you know, the potential for how good Dalvin Cook can be, um, especially in the new scheme. But we also brought up, you know, the, the durability concerns with Dalvin Cook in that he's played, what, 15 games total in, in, in two years in the league so far. And we, we brought up Latavius Murray and, and you know, what his future could could possibly hold with this team. Is he a guy that they could still potentially bring back in that, you know, there's still a little bit of concern about Dalvin Cook's durability or, or do you feel like that position is something that could be addressed in the draft too? I think it's something that you address in the draft. First off, you know, with Latavius, they unless he really wants to take a hefty pay cut, uh, you know, he's obviously a free agent coming up and, and the way that they could do it, I, I don't know that he'd want to do that. For somebody who said uh, the day after the Bears game when they were doing locker clean-out that he wants to be a starter, um, first off, I don't know if that's really likely. I think, honestly, and he knows this too probably, like his best fit is part of a committee of backs. Um, you know, the year he went to the Pro Bowl, he had the he, in 2015 was different, but I don't know if he'll ever get – I mean, I just honestly don't know if that's ever going to be the case for Latavius when we know what his best fit is. And, you know – I don't know if that's going to be with the Vikings, just from the simple fact that they have a lot of financial concerns and you can address the running back position, get somebody in the third or fourth round to bring in just as another body. Because right now they've got three running backs on the roster going into the 2019 season. I don't know if Amir Abdullah, I doubt he comes back. Um, but you're going to want somebody more than just uh, Dalvin Cook, Rock Thomas, who has injury concerns of his own and has had injury concerns his entire career. Um, and Mike Boone. I mean, Mike Boone could be a really good option behind Dalvin, but I do think that they're going to want to get at least another body in there to, you know, push the competition and figure out can they can they have the stable that they had a few years ago, you know, when, when Dalvin, Latavius, and Jarek McKinnon were there, um, how that would have worked out, I don't know, because we can't rewrite history and Dalvin not getting injured, but they need a change of pace guy. They need somebody who can what Latavius does with dirty work on third down and you know, we're hoping that Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, if you're the Vikings, you hope that he can stay healthy and that he can finally turn the corner from these injuries. But it's never a bad thing for somebody who has, has those type of concerns. Did we lose Courtney? I think not. Oh. You know what, Manny? Let's, uh, let's put her on hold. Let's okay. hit a quick break. And I don't know about you, I got a couple more questions for Courtney. If she can hang through the break, and uh, if her cell phone improves during the break... then She is on the road traveling back from the combine. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, So if she can hold through the break, and if her cell phone holds through the break, we'll have a few more questions for Courtney Cronin. If not, there's plenty of Vikings for Manny and I to talk about uh, about amongst ourselves. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North on 1500. ScoreNorth.com, and you just watched live radio happen and a cell phone crap out streaming live at uh, ScoreNorth.com, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. We're back right after this. It's Bracket Month on Score North. We'll unveil a new bracket and social media vote every week all month. Follow it and vote. Bracket Bracket Month on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. 
It's Phil Mackey here from the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We've made it easier than ever to find our team-centric Minnesota sports podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just search Score North, that's S-K-O-R, and you'll find Score North Vikings, for instance, which includes Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, and Vikings Ventline. Score North Wolves includes Raised by Wolves, Myron Medcalf on Hoops, and more. Score North Twins includes Touch Em All, Royce on Baseball, and more, and so on. Just search Score North, S-K-O-R, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Minnesota sports, this is home. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. The only place where you get Vikings, NFL, football talk five days a week. We're also streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. We made it real easy for you. It's all at S-K-O-R North, and this is just a, a, a small component of all our Vikings programming. You have the Purple Podcast, Vikings Vent Line, Score North Live with Matthew Collar, Purple FTW. You can find it all at uh, wherever you search for podcasts. Just search Score North Vikings or download the Score North app. The more you listen on the app, the better chance you have of winning great prizes. And part of our team here covering the Minnesota Vikings and the NFL from ESPN.com. She'll be in this chair tomorrow with Matthew Collar. is Courtney Cronin, who we believe her cell phone service has improved, and she joins us now again on Purple Daily. Courtney, we got you. You have me. All right. Sorry about that. I'm driving through, like, the wasteland that is Wisconsin right now. (laughs) Totally understand. I've been there, Courtney. Um, Manny was asking you about the running backs before the break. Let me me throw another, another aspect into the question about the running backs because... What I said to Manny when we were discussing that decision last week was, to me, the decision is, do you want to get a change of pace guy who complements Dalvin Cook, or do you want to get a guy who emulates what Dalvin Cook does because we know about the injury history and the durability concerns with the guy? You're looking, when you get a backup running back, you're looking at a guy who's probably going to start a handful of games for you at the very least in 2019. What do you think is, is the tactic they take in terms of the type of player that they look at to play behind Delvin Cook? Sure. I think one of the last points I was making before my phone cut out was just uh, the, what could have been with that 2017 room where you have Dalvin and, you know, he's an every down back. He can, he can catch passes out of the backfield. Um, he can do a lot of different things. You could have put him outside in this slot even, which I was hoping we would have seen more in 2018. And then you had Latavius, who's your in-between-the-tackles, your big-body bulldozing goal line presence and then you had Jarek McKinnon who was your change of pace back um, and also you know very effective in the passing game I think you want to mirror your room like that because that would have brought a lot of success I mean it certainly did even when they just had two of them uh, they were seventh best, ru- seventh best rushing team in the NFL that season so if you're able to have Dalvin Cook and then let's say Mike Boone kind of takes on that role of the number two guy for right now Go find a change of pace back in the draft. There's probably one that you can get in the third or fourth round um, that could come in right away and make an impact. I think that they want that three-headed stable. I don't think this is a singular back league anymore where you necessarily need to feature one guy. Um, Split up the responsibilities that way. And as we saw in the latter portion of the season, once the switch was made at offensive coordinator, they're able to get Dalvin Cook out in space. They're able to kind of go back to some of those concepts uh, that they had success with under Pat Shermer in the run game. And I think you're going to see a lot of those in 2019. So why not mirror what you had with your personnel to what you had in 2017? 
Courtney, what about the tight end position, too, with, I mean, Kyle Rudolph, you know, they, I don't know if they're going to try and restructure there with him or not, but, you know, if if he's back, it seems like they need to add, you know, whether it's a third wide receiver or a tight end, somebody else that can sort of complement Kyle Rudolph as well and maybe get get down the field vertically a little bit more. I mean, do you, is there anybody that they're looking at in the draft potentially or free agency potentially that they could look at as maybe adding a second tight end to, to complement Rudy? Yeah, I think that there's, you know, there's definitely a need for an F tight end for the athletic complement. Uh, I mean, Kyle Rudolph is, we know he's, you know, good at what he does, but he's not very fast. And, you know, there's limitation to his game. Um, can they get him to restructure his contract first off? I mean, that's probably the battle that you're going to hear, you know, coming out in the next few weeks about what are they going to do with Kyle Rudolph? Because he's got a $7.6 million cap hit for a guy who, you know, has, you know, had limited production at times. Uh, some of that, not his fault. Uh, some of that was just a product of the scheme last year. But I think you need somebody else to give Kirk another weapon in the passing game. And somebody, as you said, Manny, get that vertical threat. Uh, whether that comes as a number three receiver or a number two tight end, they definitely need to address it. I watched some of the tight end workouts on Saturday. I really like the kid from Michigan. I really like Isaac Nada from, from Georgia. It's just going to be a matter for them of, you know, where do you draft that tight end? Can you get this guy in the third round? Or is this a second-round pick that you want to go after? There's, I don't think it'd go any higher than that. But these fifth-round tight ends, as we find out, with like the Bucky Hodges and the Tyler Conklins don't exactly – you know, those mid-round guys, four to six round, don't exactly pan out. Those are kind of a dime, you know, a diamond in the rough if you're able to get one. Uh, they, if they want to be able to get that guy and they're not going to go after somebody in free agency because the market's just not that great for it anyways at the tight end position, uh, you're going to have to probably use a higher draft pick on one. Speaking of free agency and speaking of maybe renegotiating Kyle Rudolph's contract, I saw your piece this morning at ESPN.com where uh, you put the Vikings in the category in terms of their activity in free agency not as active as fans would like, and you cite the the limited amount of money that they have under the cap right now. Last week, going off your piece, Courtney, of how the Vikings could shave off some of the money uh, that's on their payroll right now between... And this was Manny and I making executive decisions. We cut Mike Rummers. We traded Xavier Rhodes. We uh, cut Anderson Deho. We cut uh, Griffin, and we told Kyle Rudolph renegotiate or walk, and we saved the Vikings somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty-six and a half to forty-one and a half million dollars, just like that, Courtney, right here in the studio. You guys just annihilated the front office. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you just you just <laughs> went in there and cleaned house. Well, we need to make some money. We need to free up some money yeah. for free agency. Not do, easy. Do, do you think Not that? Easy. I know that they probably won't be that that aggressive in terms of slashing money to to make some room for for free agents. But do you think that these are these are options that they're looking at in, individually? I know that the 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 entirety of those moves probably won't happen. But do you think that they'll be aggressive in terms of how they'll try and and cut money from the payroll so that they can go into free agency this off season? I think they'll be cautiously aggressive. Um, you know, you brought up Everson Griffin, and when we talked to Mike Zimmer on on Thursday, um, he said he didn't think that they had a, to make a decision with Everson Griffin. So to me, it sounds like, you know, regardless of what's happening behind the scenes right now, whether a restructure, um, you know, whether it's restructure or leave, or if there's any sort of ultimatum going out, I do think Everson Griffin will be back next year. Um, He's been around a situation, too, for, before with guys like Brian Robeson, 
Um, Jared Allen, I mean, he's seen what happens when guys go and chase that next big contract, and he's already had two. Remember, like he's had two big paydays. Um, in those big deals, if he wants to go make another big deal and, and you don't perform, you're gone after that first year anyways, and your NFL career is probably over. As he gets up there in age, he's already seen this happen to guys that he respects, guys that he's played with, uh, where it's worked out and it hasn't worked out. So I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they kind of come to terms that, okay, you know, take a pay cut, become a situational pass rusher eventually. I think he can still play as a starter, um, you know, at right defensive end or, you know, right left defensive end for, for next, you know, maybe another year or two. But it does make sense to think that he would be back. Now, Sheldon Richardson, it's tough because they don't right now, they don't have the money to pay him. Can they create some cap space? Yeah, I think Mike Remmers is a very easy cut. I think Anderson Dejo is another easy cut. Um, those those are probably the easiest of that entire group that I outlined. I think it'd be very difficult to cut Kyle Rudolph regardless, uh, just given the impact that he has on that franchise beyond the field. But it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility for a team that is financially strapped because your quarterback takes up 15.5% of the cap this year. All right, Courtney, the money question the money question that everybody is dying to know about. We heard Mike Zimmer on Thursday talk about potentially adding a kicking coach. Yes. <laughs> is A, is this going to happen? And B, is Dan Bailey going to be back, or are they going to look in a different direction at, at kicker for for 2019? I do think it will happen. Um does it need to? I'm not really sure. In speaking with some people behind the scenes at the Combine, I think there's a lot of mixed reviews on whether kicking coaches actually help. Um, sometimes it's too many cooks. Sometimes the kickers would be fine if, uh, you, know, you know, depending upon how the head coach handles the situation, I think that that's, you know, kind of what we got. You know, when speaking to some people behind the scenes, that's kind of what I got. Well, you know, if you don't pull your, you know, if you don't go for two in the, second quarter of uh, the third preseason game to prove a point to your rookie kicker maybe doesn't miss those three field goals in Green Bay. I don't know. It's all here nor there, but you know what Mike Zimmer said, he didn't really think of it as a psychological aspect of why he'd bring that coach in. He wants to do it from, hey, maybe you're like half a centimeter off, and if you're you know, on, on the way you line up and, and with the snapper and the holder, and maybe the kicking coach can smooth some of those things out. I do think they will add one. I think that well, Mike Zimmer said it's not a priority right now. It's not somebody who's going to necessarily pick the kicker. Um, but it is something that could happen within, you know, phase one, two, and three of OTAs. So maybe by May, by May, we'll find out. But um, as far as Dan Bailey goes, I mean, it would not surprise me if he's not back. He didn't really have that great of a year. Um, he struggled at a lot of different points. And I don't think it had anything to do with the injury that he had um, in uh, in, in Dallas, the, the groin injury, that didn't, you know, I asked some people, it didn't seem to be that that was a lingering factor. I think a lot of it was just the chemistry, um, you know, between him, Matt Weil, uh, you know, there was, you know, there, Mike Zimmer was talking about that too, just making sure that, you know, it felt like the firing the placeholder kind of got a lot of flack at certain points uh, during that uh, media session we had with them last week. But, you know, if I had to guess right now, I would guess that Dan Bailey probably isn't fast, but I know that things like that could change. It's just a matter of, okay, he went and got the second most accurate kicker in NFL history, and even he struggled in Minnesota. So what that entails to fix that, I don't know. I'm not a kicking coach myself. Um, but, you know, if they get one on staff, maybe they'll be able to figure out some of those issues. 
That's Courtney Cronin. You can find her work at ESPN.com on Twitter at Courtney R. Cronin. And uh, here tomorrow in this very chair playing the Batman to Matthew Collar's Robin as part of our Vikings coverage. Courtney, appreciate the time. It was uh, nice talking Vikings with you for the first time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. That is Courtney Cronin joining us, and uh, she'll be part of wall-to-wall NFL free agency coverage for Score North next weekend. When I say wall-to-wall, I mean on these airwaves. I mean at scorenorth.com. I mean all your various social media platforms. Manny, we are going to have NFL free agency covered like a blanket next week, man. I'm just wondering, if Dan Bailey's not going to be back, does this mean that uh, Rick Spielman is going to draft another kicker in uh – in April's in, in next month's draft, That's you say what I'm that just dying you, to find you out. You say that with a tone in your voice, Maddie. Oh yes, because <laughs> so you, know, you have the last thoughts two on kickers it. that he's drafted in the uh, in the draft over the last uh, what I guess seven years now. Hasn't, has it, uh, hasn't has it turned not out worked out? Well. No, it hasn't, I, it hasn't I'm new really around here, well. Manny. Has the kicker thing not worked out? No, nah, this, this hasn't worked out Vikings? very well. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I do. I do get the sense though, to Courtney's point, that they're going to bring in somebody to work with kickers specifically and then at this point if Bailey's not going to be back then you just gotta you gotta find a guy I mean it's it's hard to I mean and you're a Bears guy like you you know like when you got a kicker that's not making kicks that can kill you man it's it can kill your season it's and it's it's demoralizing because I mean we all look we all know the way that the other 52 guys on that roster Look at that kicker in a lot of organizations. And we know how Mike Zimmer looks at kickers. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he's, he's been pretty transparent and open and honest about that, Manny. And I really do think that it is, it's demoralizing and sort of takes all the air out of a football team when the other 52 guys on the roster feel like, man, we did everything that we could mm-hmm. to be in that game and did everything right to win that football game. And this guy comes in here and with one swing of his foot, Ruined it for us. That Seattle playoff game, man. You weren't here for that, but that you're watching two terrific defenses play this chess match of a football game for 59 minutes, right? And 30, 59 minutes and 30 seconds, and it's 10 below outside, and it's 35 below wind chill. Whatever it was on that on that afternoon at TCF Bank Stadium. And then Blair Walsh comes in and just shanks a twenty-seven yard field goal. And it's one thing if it's all for not. It's one thing if a guy misses, you know, the occasional field goal here and there in week Mm -hmm. four, week five, but like it was with with Parkey this year for the Bears, or like it has been for a number of kickers for the Vikings, when it becomes a consistent issue, and now there is a a crisis of confidence in the kicker amongst the coach and amongst the teammates. And now you have guys second-guessing when it comes to a place where it's questionable of, do you go for it? Do you go for the field goal? Mm-hmm. I mean, it can completely change the way that a coach thinks and strategizes and handles certain game situations, which, even if the kicker doesn't go out there and miss the kick, can cost you games. Because yeah. a coach might make a decision in a certain situation that he would have made differently if he had a kicker that he could depend on. You know and, what I mean? And I know that the, the New England Patriots are sort of kind of an unfair example because they've just been so good for so long. Mm-hmm. But when you when you look at them, I mean, they had Vinary for forever and he won them a couple of Super Bowls. And then when he left and went off to Indianapolis, they plugged in Gostowski and he's been he's been as steady as it gets. They've never had they the, the Patriots it 
it sounds minimal because it, we're talking about the kicking game here, right. but that's just another thing that you can add to the list for the New England Patriots of stability that they've had is at the kicker position. And like I said, even, it, no matter how much we want to minimalize kickers, having a kicker that you can count on completely changes the way that a coach thinks about a football game over Mm -hmm. the course of a game and the way that he's going to react to certain situations. So it doesn't just affect the the actual kicks that he makes and misses. When a coach loses confidence in his kicker, the way that we've seen that happen with the Vikings a number of times, Dan Bailey is just the most recent one, Mm -hmm. but it changes the way that a coach can call a game and he makes decisions that he otherwise wouldn't because he doesn't trust his kicker. You have to go for two. You have to go for two. You have to go for two and run a play that maybe you don't want to run in the second quarter that you want to keep in your back pocket for a more important time, but you're thinking... Oh, we got to run this play now because I don't trust my kicker. Or you might go for it on on fourth down instead mm-hmm. of taking what might be a, a hard to make field goal, and that that then you don't make the fourth down. It costs you those three points you could have potentially had. So yeah. it 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 goes deeper than just the guy missed the kick. It, it goes much much deeper than that when you think about the ripple effect of not having confidence in your kicker. It goes it it's almost endless when you think about the the impact that it can have. We're going to hit a quick break. On the other side, speaking of impact that guys can have, uh, Matthew Collar has pinpointed 25 guys that could have an impact for the Minnesota Vikings, and they all happen to be free agents. We'll uh, we'll talk about some of those guys right after this. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. It's Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Part of a plethora of Vikings programming that we have for you here at Score North. To find it all, just go to scorenorth.com and pull down the uh, Score North Vikings page or wherever you search for podcast. Search Score North Vikings or make it easy on yourself and help us out. Download the Score North app. It's available on Apple and Android now. Download it. Give us a five-star rating. Listen a lot and you have a chance to win cool stuff and uh, show us some love and we'll show you some love again that's score north vikings and part of our vikings coverage is uh matthew collar and his work at scorenorth.com one of his latest columns manny looks at 25 free agents who could uh help the minnesota vikings out in 2019 i didn't we we don't have time to go through the whole list and if we did that then it might discourage people from going and reading it and we want the clicks <laughs> manny so yes, uh, indeed. i thought we'd just uh pick and choose a few guys who who pique our interests and start at the bottom in terms of uh free agents who could help out the minnesota vikings this year and at number 25 he has a quarterback Tyrod Taylor, an 89.6 career rating, and uh, has previous experience with Gary Kubiak. Yeah. Would be a quality backup. Can I tell you what, what scares me a little bit? I like Tyrod Taylor. I think he's a really good quarterback. But mm-hmm. what scares me a little bit with Tyrod Taylor, and you'd only say this about backup quarterbacks because of the controversy that it can create, <laughs> and I don't know that you want that around a team. He may be a little bit too good. And a little bit too likable a guy to put because if you watched uh, Hard Knocks at all, Tyrod Taylor is a really, really likable guy and easy guy Collar, to root for. Collar said that too and about his time when he was in Buffalo. We know that Kirk Cousins, especially this offseason with some of his Twitter, 
can can rub Vikings fans the wrong way sometimes. <laughs> and I feel like if you, as much as I, I like it on paper, I feel like, Manny, if you put a guy who's got the skills that Tyrod Taylor does and is as likable as Tyrod Taylor is, we already know when a team's not winning, the most popular guy in an organization yes. is the backup quarterback. I feel like that could that could make Kirk Cousins' seat hotter than you maybe needed to be in year two of a fully guaranteed three-year contract. Other than that, and again, <laughs> backup quarterback is the only position where you would say this. Other than that, I really like the fit of Tyrod Taylor with the Vikings. I like it too, but I, I totally see what you're saying in that if... And and the thing of it is too, Rami, when, this, when the season starts in 2019... Mm-hmm. All eyes are going to be on the offense mm-hmm. and how the offense looks and how productive the offense is. And if they the offense gets off to a rough start, we're going to hear boo birds in the stadium. You know, if, if it's a home game and it's week one at U.S. Bank Stadium and the offense is sputtering in the second quarter, you're going to hear the boo birds and people are going to be there's going to be that faction of people that are going to want to see the backup quarterback come in. And if it's Tyrod Taylor, a guy who's had some success as a starter, like as a legit starter, there will be people that will be clamoring for him to be put in and for Cousins to be benched. They will be beating that drum. But at at the same time, because he is, you know, a a solid quarterback, a solid NFL quarterback, if Cousins does falter, I mean, it's not a bad option to have, right? On paper, (laughs) on on paper, paper, it's not a bad option to have. On paper, yes, but... If Tyrod Taylor comes in and performs, now you're stuck with, to borrow some terminology from a guy I used to work with, a $28 million paperweight. <laughs> if Tyrod Taylor works out I love that you threw that and people fall in love with him, <laughs> then, then, then Kirk Cousins becomes an, a, a, a very expensive paperweight for the Minnesota Vikings. Who's yeah. a, who, who's a, who intrigues you on Matthew Collar's list of uh, 25 free agents? And if you want to get in on this, if, if you read the article or if you have some free agents that pique your interest, get in on Purple Daily at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at SKOR North. Well, I'm looking at a couple of names here, and I've been on this bandwagon for a couple of weeks now of try and get Kirk Cousins as many weapons as possible. I mean, you've got two really good dynamic wide receivers. You got Thielen and Diggs. It's a fantastic combination. But we saw late in the season, teams were starting to clamp down on those guys and and double team them and try and take them out of out of game plans. And you saw it. We saw it affect Kirk Cousins. And I think the more weapons you can give him, the more like legitimate threats we can give him, the Vikings can give him. I think the easier it makes. For Kirk Cousins to have success. So I'm looking at, I mean, Collar's got Chris Hogan. I saw Chris Hogan. Yeah. I mean, that one is very intriguing. Now, how about- much how much of Hogan's success is because of the the Patriot, you know, quote unquote the Patriot way. I That's mean, how what much I was just gonna say. That? How many guys have we seen leave the Patriots and and be able to to match what they did during their time in New right. England? But he also has another name listed right below Chris Hogan, Adam Humphreys from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that was I mean, the Buccaneers have been a dumpster fire for mm-hmm. a handful of years now. And Adam Humphreys was very, despite all that, Adam Humphreys was very productive for them with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston throwing him footballs. So, I mean, I that to me, if, if you can find him a third wide receiver, you can find Kirk Cousins a third wide receiver, or like we talked about with Courtney earlier in the last segment, a second tight end, 
to sort of take some pressure off of the weapons that Cousins already has and to give Kirk more options, I think I think that's the way to go. Uh, along those same lines, Manny, I was uh, going up the list to number 20, just past Chris Hogan, and a guy who always intrigued me during my time uh, in Milwaukee and covering the Packers was Ty Montgomery, mm-hmm. who never really impressed at the wide receiver position and early on when they transitioned him to running back actually surprised some people with how good he was. He doesn't, he's not great at either position. He's not a great wide receiver and he's not a great running back, but a role that I could see Ty Montgomery filling and one that they, they never really tried him out at in green Bay because it's not, it's not something that's, that's part of their system. One of the critiques of Mike McCarthy over the years that I was there. And I think he's a very good head coach and a really smart offensive mind, but things got stale in Green Bay, and I think mm-hmm. it's because he did sometimes lack creativity. And and we're seeing around the league more and more of these guys who aren't necessarily running backs, they aren't wide receivers, but they're just weapons. And, yeah. and defenses, when they see them in the huddle, they don't really know where on the field they're going to line up. And They're and the guys you just want to get them the football. Right. It makes it a little hard to scheme and game plan for them because they get in that huddle and teams are like, well, is this guy going to wide receiver? Is this guy going to running back? Do we put a linebacker on him? Do we put a safety on him? Mm-hmm. How exactly do we counteract this? And I think Ty Montgomery is the type of guy who you can do that with. The, 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 most, the most recent example is probably, um, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank and he's on my team. Um, Tariq Cohen with the Bears sure. or uh, with the Vikings. Uh, Tariq Hill was a guy who was kind of like that for a long time. I think that the Vikings could use that in, in their offense. I don't know how much Kevin Stefanski or Gary Kubiak or whoever is running that offense well. utilizes a weapon like that, but I think that's that's becoming more and more a thing in the NFL, and I think that's more and more a thing in the NFL because teams are realizing that it's a very effective thing, and you don't necessarily have to pigeonhole a guy into a position. You can say, okay, sometimes we're going to line you up in the backfield. Sometimes we're going to split you up out wide and just make teams think about when this guy is out there, where is he going to line up, what are you going to do with him, and that opens things up for other guys on the field. I would love to see Ty Montgomery in a role like that for the Vikings or somebody else. Yeah, and, and it, it plays off the point we've been making about just giving Kirk Cousins more weapons and more more things to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, just adding some creativity to the offense because that, that, that was something that they missed last year. I mean, it was... You know, whether it was DeFilippo or if it was just Cousins not coming through when he needed to. And, I mean, they, they just needed to add more. They've got good pieces on offense. You've got Dalvin Cook. You've got Diggs and Thielen. You've got, you know, Kyle Rudolph is not a great tight end, but he's reliable. He's going to catch just about everything you throw in his direction. Right. But you just need to add another piece or two that's going to get this offense, you know, aside from changing the scheme, get this offense back into a position where it can compete with, you know, the Los Angeles Rams or, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs who, who they have to play and go on the road and play in 2019, by the way. Um, so, I mean, that's 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 the direction that they have to go. I mean, it's I get it. The offensive line is an issue and it needs to be addressed and there's positions there that more than likely need to be upgraded but you can also help your quarterback out by giving him more more tools to work with Ty Montgomery's a guy you know I see Michael Crabtree is on is on caller's list one that's really intriguing to me 
I don't know if financially they'll be able to make it work, but Randall Cobb is on this list. I was looking at him and Pierre Garcon, both guys who come with their health concerns, but mm-hmm. when healthy, if you're if you're looking for a slot receiver to run over the middle while Thielen and Diggs are stretching the defense on the outside, you could do a lot worse than Garcon and Randall Cobb. And Garcon is a guy who Cousins worked with and has familiarity with from from their time in Washington, in, yeah. in DC. So I think that that would be a good fit. Um, we've been talking a lot about backup running back Spencer Ware from the Chiefs is out there mm-hmm. on the market as as a backup running back. I could and he does. We've been talking a lot, Manny, about do you get the the compliment to Delvin Cook or do you get the guy who's sort of emulates Delvin Cook? I feel like Spencer Ware is a guy who does a lot of the same things that Delvin Cook does, like a poor man's budget rental Delvin Cook. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run off the tackles. I think he'd be a good fit if you're looking to get somebody who can do a lot of the same things that Delvin Cook already does from the running back position. Yeah, and I think when you... When you have a situation like Cook, who you're concerned about durability, and and you know, and maybe look, maybe Dalvin Cook comes into 2019 and he plays all 16 games and he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Even then, having a second running back is not going to hurt at all. A good quality second running back is not going to hurt, even if your number one guy is healthy for the entire way. Because even then, you're not going to have to. If Cook is healthy the whole season, you're not going to have to rely on him to touch the ball 30 times in a game and risk wearing him down by week 14, 15, or 16. And then, you know, he's not as productive for you late in the season. So if you have another quality back in there behind him, now, again, I think they would have to be careful in terms of how much they invest into you know, a number two running back in free agency, if that's the route they want to go instead of, you know, instead of drafting a guy. But it, it's not going to hurt to to have not only an insurance policy for an injury that Dalvin Cook may suffer, but just as another guy to add another element to the offense. And we, you talked and, and we talked with Courtney Cronin about upgrading the tight end position a guy who I think could go a long way in, in upgrading the tight end position, but now, and we're at number 11 in, in Matthew Collar's list of 25 offensive free agents who could help the Vikings. You can find it at scorenorth.com. I think when we get into this range, we're getting into guys who, unless they free up a lot of cap space, like you and I did, Manny, when we cut or traded everybody, uh, we're getting into the range now where these guys are probably, realistically speaking, out of the Vikings' price range. Mm-hmm. Uh, C.J. Uzuma, the tight end for the Bengals, who sort of came onto the scene for them this past season. Only 43, cre- 43 catches and a 4.62 40-yard dash. But like I said, this is a guy who's been in the league for a couple of years and from from what I saw in Cincinnati, is is starting to emerge and maybe ready to take that next step. And he can run. In his career, and he can run. A 4.62 40-yard dash, which is really, really fast for a tight end. I think that would go a long way in helping Kirk Cousins, but like I said, unless they free up some money in free agency, we're probably getting up out of the Vikings price range now. A couple other guys, notable names on uh, Collar's list here. Uh, TJ Yeldon, the Jaguars running back. Yeah. Uh, Ramon Foster, Steelers guard. Um, let's see, t- tight end Jared Cook from the Raiders. He's been really productive 
since he went there. And then uh, the top two names on the list, obviously very intriguing. That's why they're top two on Matthew Collar's list. Golden Tate, who I think is exactly what they're looking for Mm -hmm. from that slot position, uh, uh, slot receiver position, I should say. And then at the top of his list, a guy who you and I talked about last week, Manny, is uh, Rams guard Roger Saffold, who is among the best in the game, but is getting up there in years. So you run that risk if you sign a guy like a Roger Saffold of paying top dollar for a guy and his the the drop off in his production is near. We don't know if it's this yeah. year, we don't know if it's two years from now, but I think we said he was thirty one last week when we were looking up his numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh guys generally don't get better or even maintain their level of performance once you get into the the mid thirties, which he's he's approaching here in a couple of years. So do you want to you're weighing the risk of paying top dollar for a guy versus maybe not getting top dollar production over the course of that contract. And the thing to be careful with, with Saffold and collar brought this up last week is, you know, he's, if he comes here and you sign him to big money, he's going to be playing next to Riley reef, right? Andrew Whitworth, one of the best left tackles in, you know, in the league has seen in the last 15 years. So, that's something to think about, too. Go find the top 25 Vikings free agent targets offensive edition at scorenorth.com. Find all our Vikings coverage and Vikings talk there. Just search Score North Vikings. That's Manny. I'm Rami. We'll talk to you next time on Purple Daily. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.